and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Dominionated Podcast 20 or 20. I am your host, Mackenzie Cameron. A week late, but yes, as promised, Jeanette King is on the show today. Jeanette's album, What We Lost, is an excellent soundtrack to summer. As I mentioned in the interview, uh, it's this brilliant combination of Soulquarians, Neo Soul, and modern post-blonde R&B that I find really infectious and groovy and fun. Uh, You will get to hear how it all came together after you hear a bit of music. From What We Lost, this is Jeanette King with Airplane. Jeanette King, welcome to 20 or 20. Hi, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, Just before we get started, I want to let anyone who maybe hasn't listened to the show before know how this works. I have about 20 questions that I am going to ask Jeanette. We have about 20 minutes to answer them. Uh, Whichever of those comes first is what we got. Uh, Does that all sound okay to you, Jeanette? Sounds great. Okay, great. I am going to start my timer. And I'm going to ask my kind of classic first question, which is, where do you live and why do you live there? I live in Montreal, Quebec, and I live here because it's full of artists and it's affordable to um, create art. Fair enough. Yeah, Montreal seems to be a bit of kind of the place right now to be for music, I find. Just having with my with my where, you know. Just having some knowledge of kind of the whole scene, Montreal seems to be a good place. Yeah, it's pretty great. There's so many. All my friends are artists, every single one. I think that's so nice. Now, I, I, I think before we go any further, I have to ask you right off the bat, because for like as long as I've been doing this podcast, no one has actually been able to uh, speak to this, but you have performed in real life, live, in the flesh for real humans in the past few weeks. Um, how was that? What was it like to, I don't know, be back to something that has not been, <laughs> we have not been able to do for like a year and a half? Um, it was surreal. I was super nervous and met with a lot of like social anxiety actually, which is like really strange for me. I've never been a person that um, like, 
has been nervous to be in public, but uh, there was a bit of social anxiety, so that was weird, but it was definitely surreal. It felt like a dream. And like once you were on stage, was that anxiety kind of gone? Like when singing and performing, you're feeling good? It took about three songs. Really? Three songs, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm back. We're back, baby. I love that. <laughs> I think that's yeah. so good. Um, so I, I guess I'm curious, like, how important is um, the performance aspect of music for you? Like, is it, is it kind of like a a means to just like sharing the music that you're recording, or is that kind of like your favorite thing to do? Yeah, I feel like uh, the performance aspect is just as important as the creation aspect for me. I know that some artists really like to um, write and not perform. For me, it's it's really 50-50. Performing is, um, it's a part of the therapeutic process of music in my world. Like tapping into the place where I was when I wrote the song and then expressing that to the audience. It's like a cathartic kind of therapy for me. And um, it helps me, um, pass that kind of energy on to other people and and then they in turn like are able to process whatever they're going through in their own world it's like a cycle of um healing honestly is what it's like so yeah it's pretty important for me and so like how hard was it to you know not have that for for the pandemic and and how exciting is it that you're kind of back to it now yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, it made me, without performing, I honestly, there was a few times where I was like, am I an art? Like, am I a singer still? Like, <laughs> do I do music? I don't know. Like, but uh, It's kind of like if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it. Did it make yeah, a sound? Yeah, like if you don't <laughs> sing in front of people, are you a singer? I think the answer is always going to be yes, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I think the answer has to be yes. Yeah, I think the answer, the has answer to be is yes. yes, but it was definitely hard. Uh, I'm curious, like, um, for you, like, when did, how did you start making music? Like, was, was it a, perf- what was like performing the first thing for you or was making, like, writing music the first thing for you? Um, the first thing for me was uh, writing poetry, like writing, like, I was writing my feelings through like poetry actually when I was like 10. Really? And then, and then they kind of slowly started turning into songs that um, I would have melodies for, but I would never like perform them or, you know, I never put them to any type of chord progression. Um, I just literally had like pages and pages and pages of songs written out with the melodies in my head, I can still remember all of them. Um, <laughs> and then like years later, like maybe like seven years later was when I um, got my first taste of uh, being on stage. I was singing back up for a band called The Boom Boom. And then, uh, yeah, and then it just started from there. It's like, oh, actually singing on stage is fun. <laughs> I mean, it's such like an amazing, um, moment to realize that you're like oh like singing by myself is cool but like when people are you know you're getting that energy exchange it's such like a mind-blowing moment I feel like totally it like changed my life 
being in that band changed my life. I probably would have just continued maybe dancing. I was a dancer at first. Um, but yeah, I probably would have like, I don't know, done some other art form. But well, I yeah. feel like dancing and poetry kind of are two important parts of like performing music as well and writing music. So that kind of does make sense, I think. Um, yeah. So we are speaking a few weeks uh, after your new record, your debut record, I, I guess. There's some that you have you have a few EPs from beforehand, but this is your debut record. It's called What We Lost. To me, it's like a yeah. perfect summer evening record. It's like groovy. It's mm -hmm. cool. It's smart. It's sexy. How long has this collection uh, been in production? Well, we've been working on it for, I would say, like, completely like with the idea of creating an album for the past maybe two years um but like i mean i've been working on airplanes for since like 2017 like, oh wow yeah um so some of the songs it's been a while coming um and some of the songs i just wrote last year um but i i'd say like when me and sarah sat down to be like okay let's make an album full-on album it's been about two years. Wow. So how does it feel to like finally have it out there? Like, so for me, like my pitch for people to, for, to listen to this album, this is like a, like Soulquarians, like, you know, Erica Badu, D'Angelo, but filtered through, like if they had made those records after like Blonde and Igor and When I Get Home, you know what I mean? Like that, that's how I would sell it. Yeah. Like it's, it's groovy. It's kind of weird. It's very modern, but uh, yeah, it's good. How does it feel to have it kind of coming out? Well, right at this moment where people are going out and can finally like, actually you can see them interacting with the music. Oh, it feels like unreal. I think that, um, yeah, it's really great to have it come out at a point at which people are starting to, um, like, restrictions are starting to go away. So people are outside, people are having park jams, you know, people are looking for tunes to kind of, like, groove to and kind of, like, celebrate to and maybe even reflect on, like, past um, things that have happened, you know, things that they've lost in the past, like, year uh, during the pandemic. So I feel like it's almost, I couldn't have planned it better. I didn't actually even, it just happened. Like the universe was like, listen, this is when your album needs to come out. And it all just kind of like fell into place, you know? It's not like I was like, this is when the album is coming out. It's yeah, yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> it worked This out. was when we can put it out. So yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's per yeah. it's perfect for it. It's like, it's perfect like on a patio music. It's perfect in a park music. I, I think it's yeah. it's meeting like the moment big time. Um, so when I think about what we lost, the title, as you kind of mentioned, losing is so often looked at as like a negative thing, but, and sometimes it can be, but I feel like on this album, you're kind of taking stock of what you've lost and maybe what we lost in the past year and, and other things. You're almost appreciating, you know, the hindsight and like what you've kind of learned from losing those things am i onto something there that that's kind of what you're kind of picking that's away well, at? that's well put yeah that's well put i think that that's exactly it really um 
you know, when I was talking to the uh, the designer for the album art, she was like, so what is, what is this collection of music to you? And I was just like, you know, I, I think more than anything, it's like a reflection. It's like a reflection because when you lose something, it requires you to kind of like sit with that loss and reflect on what that loss um, means. And in some ways, like for some, in some circumstances, loss can actually be like a window into something better. Or it can be like a change in oneself, like you're losing an old part of you in order to access something new. Um, and all of that can be done through self-reflection or reflection of the external world or reflection of your old thought processes or you know whatever it may be and um which is really cool how she like kind of like um, organized the album art to reflect reflection by making the title and my name upside down from each other so you have to actually flip the album upside down to like see the other side which I thought was really cool but yeah, I think that, um, you know, yeah, with loss, it comes pain sometimes, but with loss, it can come like you know, new opportunities and uh, that often gets lost. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like, you know, writing about writing about this stuff, though, is a process and it like can be difficult. Um did writing this record kind of help dealing with those, that process of kind of like seeing what, you know, who you are now v what you may have lost, you know, in the past? Yeah, I mean, it was like a huge um, mirror into uh, my deeper you know, shadow side into past relationships into um you know looking at society at large uh ways in which we need to change our political structures or justices towards black and indigenous people um just such a huge reflection i think that was happening for me with this album yeah yeah well i wanted to kind of mention that like you know on top of kind of like maybe the more relationship based songs and writing you do integrate like some political zest i would say into into these songs most notably on uh change but i think you know you do it in a way that's not like i don't know luxury or anything you manage to do it by showing how injustice affects your own well-being and psyche um why was that important for you well um all I can do as an artist in my life, or at least this is how I approach it, um, is speak from my own experience and speak from my own feelings about something. The way that I like view the creative process is as a way of expression. And, um, you know, the reason why I didn't go into like singing about like policies that we have or like singing uh, about like, um, you know why like we all suck <laughs> uh, <laughs> is because like it's so much um, it's more heartfelt 
for me to sing about my own experience of injustice. Um, and I would hope, my, my wish is that people can see a reflection of their own feelings and their own, like, um, you know, their own uh, call to action within that song um, through seeing my experience of it or like through hearing my emotion of it, that it can tap into that own feeling in themselves. That's why. As you mentioned, uh, a, a good chunk of this record was kind of written in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder and the resulting protests. How do you think that moment, both like the grief and hopelessness of it, but also like that righteous indignation and kind of momentum, how did those things inspire you creatively? Did it kind of like light a fire under you to like be like, I have something to say. I got to I have to kind of get this done. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, this song in particular uh, was inspired um, after uh, Breonna Taylor's murder mm. and uh, her sister just getting up to the podium and doing a press conference just speaking about her own feelings about being set up and not wanting to have people's tears or like their sorrow um, you know it was just such a reflection of how I was feeling as well I think that's the cool thing about language and the use of words through poetry and song that I think is really important in society you can see reflections of yourself um, but yeah it it was a uh, it was definitely it was a year of Call to action, being called to action, and not just in terms of um, you know black rights in Canada or in the states or in the world, but also indigenous rights and yeah, just feeling tired of of feeling tired. Yeah, were were you a political person like before this past year, or did did this kind of ignite something in you? Um, I mean. That's an interesting question. I don't, I've never um, described myself as a political person, but I think that who I am and like just me being my authentic self has always been kind of like a political stance in itself. You know, having my hair natural, not, not, um, you know, not subscribing to certain beauty standards being a queer woman of color and just like being who I am has always kind of been like a political thing anyway. So I've been, I've been a political person, whether I, I would want to or not, but I wouldn't, I've never really described myself as a political person. I was talking to uh, Adam Sturgeon, who is a uh, Anishinaabe uh, songwriter. He plays in the band uh, Status Non-Status and he 
he said he said basically the same thing. He was like, just me doing this and putting myself out there like this is yeah. a political act. It's like a, it is whether it's a middle finger or it's a, you know, whatever it is. But it, it totally. It, I think it's the same sort of thing. Like you don't have 1, to. You don't have to be like a wonk to <laughs> to be political. Like just taking up, you know, showing up and taking yeah, up that space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any space in a public sphere, like it's a political stance in itself. I think Trevor Noah said, said uh, the other day, he said, you know, you may want not engage in politics, but best believe politics is going to engage in you. You know, like <laughs> we, you can't live in, in the world without it um, affecting you through policies or through bylaws. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's that that is so true. I I uh, I do want to change gears a little bit. Um, I want to ask about the song Mars. Mars is one of my favorite songs on the record. Uh, I think <laughs> I see it kind of as part of a tradition in in R and B and hip hop. Like I'm thinking Outkast, Erica Badu, Lil Wayne. <laughs> uh, and you assume the kind of the point of view of an alien a little bit. Uh, what was was that something you were kind of conscious of that you were doing, and and why is that point? of view interesting to you like do you identify as like a little bit alien sometimes <laughs> um the short answer is yes 1000 percent. i've always felt like different in some way for sure um and i think that like there are so many um there's so many insinuations for you know intimacy and sex stuff and music and uh it's definitely one of them. That's funny that you said that Erica Badu and um, Outcast, though. I love them, so that's a compliment. They kind of have that, like they they. I feel like on Atlians or Atlians. I don't know actually how that how that mm -hmm. album is pronounced. One of those two. I feel like it's there. It's there for sure. Yeah. Um, can I ask about Hot Tramp Records? Um, I feel like it's a new label and. I guess I'm curious, like how it came to be, how you became involved, and uh, what it kind of means to you to be part of the small but you know cool uh, collection of artists that that are on Hot Tramp right now. Yeah. Um. So I met Sarah, who is the founder of Hot Tramp, um, through friends. Like, uh, she was um, working, doing PR for a few artists, and I asked her if. Uh, she wouldn't mind doing a doing a PR campaign for one of my upcoming singles. And we worked really well together. Like um, we basically worked side by side on that campaign, and it it just like felt like effortless. Like all the work I had been doing already, she was like, you know, right there beside me, and um, we were just working head head to head with that, or side by side with that. And I was just like, hey, have you ever thought about being a manager? And she was just like yeah, I have. And I was like, you want to be my manager? She's like, yes, I do. So, <laughs> so it just like worked. And you, you know, I always said I was always, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted a manager or like a label um, head that was like my, a friend. Like I've always wanted to have a, a manager that was like someone that was my friend and not just someone who manages artists. And that's what I got. And I am so, I'm so grateful. So grateful to be a part of Hot, Hot Tramp because uh, you know it's hard to find labels out there that truly care, care about their artists 
and truly care about their artist's well-being um, as well as the label's well-being. But but she she really cares, you know. I feel very fortunate. Yeah, I think it's cool, and I I think there's room for more labels like that. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many you know women run labels there are in the country. I can't, I, I can't is, like really think, I, I mean, I, there might, I'm sure there are, but I, I can't think of anything, any off the top of my head. I honestly can't either. And, and to be like a solo, you know, trailblazing woman in a male dominated industry is not easy. And to have one of your artists be a woman of color as well. Like it's in Canada, you know, it's hard to get grants. It's hard to get grants if you're not like, a white guy doing like rock and that you know rock music is great but (laughs) yeah she has her work cut out for her and she's doing a phenomenal job well i'm glad that you can be a part of that and that you know i I feel like so much of that is uh it's a relationship about trust and if and relate and if you can relate and trust her then like that's you're in a good spot that's awesome yeah uh, yeah, 100. Okay, I have, I have a, a couple more questions. My the uh, there's a song "Airplane," which we've mentioned before. It is an ear. It's an earworm. I've been singing it all day, as I mentioned to you earlier. If you could take a flight right now, anywhere on Earth, where would you go? Rio de Janeiro. Oof. That'd be nice. How yeah. come? I just okay. There's a few places in the world that I've always felt drawn to and it's just one of those places it's egypt uh peru rio de uh brazil in general and um and uh uh, there's one more but it's flipping my brain the name of the city but it's in mexico Mm. yeah well that sounds nice i i think i would have to i'd have to say vancouver which is a kind of a boring answer but but you know you gotta see family and stuff right but like that's where i that's where my first test but then i like go to greece i don't know man i go anywhere i, I want to cool. yeah greece is hot right everywhere yeah uh jeanette <laughs> i always end the show uh by asking for uh, recommendations uh of another canadian artist uh, or a local montreal artist whatever you prefer um that you have been either really into recently or that you think people might want to check out after they listen to what we lost Hmm. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, there's no limit. Sky's the limit. As many peeps as you need to, uh, as you need to name. Okay, cool. So I guess one is a woman named Kada. She's her music is so good. She's so talented. Um, I really love Claire Mordecai, who is. a really talented artist as well. Their their music is is so catchy as well, like very earworm vibes. Um, and then my homegirl Marie's for sure. Featured on the album. Label label mate. Yeah, she's so good. Oh, the other person on the album, DJSB's music is incredible as well. Deja has been on the show before, and I've 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 spoken to Deja a few times, uh, and their verse is. Every time it comes on, when I listen to the album, I'm like, oh. I know, their verse is crazy. <laughs> oh I was like, okay. So fun. So fun. 
Uh, Jeanette, it's been such a pleasure to uh, speak with you and and learn more yeah. about you and your album. And uh, I wish you all the best. Hopefully, some more shows soon. Maybe coming over to Toronto. Anyways, I'm looking forward I to would all love of that. that. I'm looking forward to all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Twenty or Twenty is brought to you by Dominionated, Canada's best Canadian-only music website, in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms. Visit the site Dominionated.ca and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron. There are no vowels in Cameron. Please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform may be. You can email me, mac at dominionated.ca with any questions or comments or concerns. Thank you so much to Jeanette for being on the show today. Next week, Wish Lash is on the program. Thank you for listening to this podcast and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>